Duncan. Rich, happy new year, mate. It's, <laughs> 2020, it's 2021. 2021, the world's still falling apart. Um... <laughs> let's, let's be optimistic here. Um, I mean, we're, we're recording this in 2020, so hello future selves. But um, yeah, 2021 has been good so far, mate. I've um, continued eating and drinking as I did at the end of 2020. <laughs> You've got through your bowl of sausage rolls, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, man. I don't want to look at any for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> right, Dunk, pick a number between 1 and 10. Uh, number 9, please, Rich. Oh, fuck. Okay. Oh, God. Number 9. <laughs> is, this, is this upbeat and cheery? <laughs> um, well, it's interesting, Dunk. It's interesting. Now, I, wonder, I reckon you probably know about this story. But um, if you don't know about this story, then it will be interesting. But if you do know about this story, I'm very um, interested to hear your opinion on it. So I can't pronounce this word. Uh, the the Dyatlov Pass Mystery. Do you know of the Dyatlov Pass Mystery, Dunk? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, shit, Dunk. You don't know about the Dyatlov Pass Mystery? I'm definitely pronouncing it... Dyatlov wrong, by the way. <laughs> uh, of a Dyatlov Pass is it a mystery or an incident? It's an incident. So it is a mystery because basically, as I read here, in the dead of winter, a group of students set out on a tre trek into the Ural Mountains. Their frozen bodies with inexplicable injuries were discovered in locations that compounded the puzzle of how they died. The Diet Love Mouse Mysteries spawned dozens of conspiracy theories, don't get excited, Dunk, which have endured for 60 years. <laughs> Dunk, this is about... These group of like trekkers from like I think they were Russian I believe, um that that would go, it was they were kind of like professional, like trekkers and cross countries they go on cross country ski trips and do things together, and uh they went on this trip, um, one kind of winter, and they never came back, and their bodies were found, um. And this is like the freezing cold of Russia. Their bodies were found um, literally without clothes. Uh, you know, there were clothes really far away. That they were all spread out from each other. It, it's a very weird incident, and no one really knows what happened, Dunk. At the time. Well, no, yeah, Dunk. People I, still don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let, let me let me pick this apart. <laughs> well, what, first of all, okay. I'll get into more detail. But what do you think of the, <laughs> that? What do you think of that approach? Just from the story, the 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 get go of what I've told you about it, I'll go into more detail. But what do you think of that? The the mystery okay. of it. Do you think there's a logical, very simple explanation? Or do you think it was definitely something horrific and horrible that probably happened? Well, why the clothes? So, one of the um, symptoms of hypothermia. Oh, so hypothermia on. is cold by exposure to you know extreme uh, exposure to cold sure. conditions. Essentially, your body starts shutting down, and your brain starts losing oxygen, and you start hallucinating and imagining certain symptoms of yourself. Now, one of these symptoms, if you have hypothermia, can be um, that you feel incredibly hot. Yep. So the first instinct is to then take your clothes off yep. and to start cooling down. Now, if you're still hot, you 
might continue to take you closer. And because, of course, your body's shutting down, the circulation's not working quite as well, you're not getting the oxygen to the brain, you're going to do some stuff which is pretty weird and pretty abnormal. Yep. So I think, you know, taking your clothes off is probably fairly okay in this scenario. I mean, it's not okay, obviously. It's crazy. But then you just increase the speed at which your body starts shutting down and then die. Um, so, yeah, my first initial thought of all of this is that Hypothermia. Nine, nine people um, have suffered from hypothermia in a bad storm. Right, let's go a bit far into it then. So the Di- the Dyatlov Pass incident was an event in which nine Russian hikers died in the northern Ural Mountains between the 1st and 2nd of February 1959 in uncertain circumstances. The experienced trekking group, but they were experienced, Dunk. This is the bit that it interests me. Th- these aren't amateurs, Dunk. This isn't like you and me hiking. This These are pros who were all from the Ural Polytechnical Institute. Not the band, Dunk, not the band had established a camp on the slopes of Kolatsayakli in an area now named in honour of the group's leader, Igor Dyatlov. During the night, something caused them to cut their way out of their tents and flee the campsite while inadequately dressed for the heavy snowfall and sub-zero temperatures. So they, they wore adequately dressed, Dunk. So, I mean, they would have been at some point. So what would have made, if it's hypothermia, what would have made them, you know, leave their camp tent with their adequate clothing on and and then go, fuck it? Uh, well, this is where it gets interesting, Dunk, because how did that happen? Some, some people were saying that there might have been an avalanche or a hard packed snow might have got blown off a, a pass in which they were, they were camping. Um, now, if you've got a lump of ice fall on your tent while you're in it, yep. it it's quite like it might hit you on the back of the head. Okay. Could cause a concussion. Might cause a lot of um, confusion, a bit of deliriousness. <laughs> for all nine people? I mean, <laughs> certainly for enough. <laughs> and if some people start shouting at you to get out of your tent, <laughs> they're going to get out of your tent. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, there are, I mean, I think there's just a crazy amount of theories about this place. There is. But, um, yeah, the cold can do incredible things. If you've got hypothermia, you're going to do some weird things. You might be in shock. Um, you might have concussion, in which case your head's not quite right anyway, and then you start making poor decisions. If someone starts shouting at you to get out of your tent in the middle of the night, you're going to get out of your tent in the middle of the night. Okay. Uh, there's all manner of things that could have been wrong. Okay, let's go into more. So, after the group's bodies were discovered, an investigation by Soviet authorities determined that six had died from hypothermia, while the okay. other three showed signs of physical trauma. One Sorry. victim had a fractured yep. skull. Two... Yep. <laughs> Two others had major chest fractures. One body was missing both its eyes, and one was missing a tongue. I mean, <laughs> they they could. <laughs> I, I right. <laughs> <laughs> 
the head, the head one, the head one, and the chest one, right? Yep. That that could be explained by hard back dives falling on a single tent. All three of those people. Okay. One tent. Yep. One person got unlucky and ended up with like a fractured skull. Can I just say this is my new favorite form of this podcast? By the way, just finding these slowly, slowly revealing a little bit of yeah. information. Yes. Yes. Um, and then, okay, so the people with the chest, you know, broken ribs, breathing yep. uh, problems, they might have had a punctured lung, which oh. could fill up with blood. Yep. It's quite a slow and painful way to die, so they wouldn't die immediately. Are there polar bears in Russia, Dung? <laughs> um, in the northern Siberian parts, yes, oh. but there's also um, European, I think the European brown bear, spectacle bears. Okay. I was think, I don't know why I thought bears. I just bears come to me. Though I'm thinking eyes. What would want eyes? What would eat eyes? But could that crow. just be a bird? A crow? Yeah. Carrion. I, I would say carrion has taken that definitely. Okay. Um, I mean, even like a stoat might take a tongue or some eyes. Um, depends how long they were there. Whether they were frozen. That might have been the only part of their body that wasn't, you know, block ice. Mm. Crow might have tried to peck at various different aspects of it. That is um, the as that is it's it's the story as you go along that makes it so fascinating. The fact that they were these expert, you know, uh, professional kind of pe- people that knew how to kind of do this, these uh, walks and whatnot. And then the part that you know, the hypothermia, sure, logical, something happened, like you said, avalanche, anything, many kind of numerous things that could have happened that caused that. It's these three people and the fractured skull, you know, the chests um, and the tongue missing and the eyes missing that make it so, um, make it almost seem like it, there was malice or there was an attack or there was a fight or something. Then why would you go for the tongue and why would you go for the eyes? If there was a fight, there would have been signs of bruising on the face. Sure. Their hands, because I mean, if there are only nine people, right? Yeah. So doing doing the math, say those three people in the tent had been injured by falling block ice or something off the mountain. Yeah. On their tent. Uh, to carry those people, you'd need two people per person, right? Yeah. So all people would be carrying another person. Or all of the other six would be carrying another person. Sure. Which is hard work at the best of times. Now, they were, from what I've briefly read just now, they were due back at a camp at a specific time. Yes. And they were initially late, and I think it was a week, maybe a week and a half later, the family started to really worry. Yeah. There had been really bad weather in the area at the time, and being professional hikers, they would have had some reserve provisions, but depending on how far into their journey they were, they might not have had enough to sustain them. Sure, so hunger sure. might have set in. Dehydration might have set in. Yep. Um, as well as various other um, psychological issues, you know, mm-hmm. just stress, panic attacks, um, yep. all of these other things. All the things um, that I would be doing in this situation, yeah. Exactly. And I, I think it's, it's that that killed them. Okay. I don't. I think the eyes and the tongue, despite being interesting, aren't anything to do with necessarily with the 
their cause of death. I think the cause of death would have been certainly for the guy with a crushed lung. Sure. Or two people with crushed lungs and the the, the skull fracture. Yep. Um, they would have been, you know, they would have died of a long, painful, slow death. Now, in that situation, you've got two choices. You either leave the body there, as they do up in Everest, to the point now mm. um, they're using dead bodies as markers as to where the route is. That's mad. It's crazy. Um, but apparently once you've seen one dead body, it's fine. You get used to it. Wow. Um, so you've got the option to either leave them there or take them home to their families. Now, being young and students, I think their conscious, um, you know, their conscience might have taken play and might have tried to drag these bodies for a lot longer than they needed to. Mm. I mean, who knows? If they got hungry enough, if they were all starving, they might have eaten the eyes and the tongue themselves. Ah, oh, man, you're talking at last like the Canadian uh, football team or something that did that ski uh, hockey team. I can't remember. There's a there's that story. I, I you'll have to tell me. I'll tell you about that on another podcast. Dunk. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, let me tell you a bit more. The investigation concluded that a compelling natural force, a compelling natural force, interesting words, had caused the deaths. Numerous theories have been put forward to account for the unexplained deaths, including animal attacks. We've gone through that. Hyperthermia. We've talked about that. Avalanche. We've talked about that. Something I don't understand. Catabatic winds. Do you know what catabatic winds is, Dunk? Um, Is that freezing winds let's go with that infrasound induced panic you've kind of talked about that um military military involvement that's an interesting one uh hang on catabatic wind a catabatic wind is a drainage wind a wind that carries high density air from higher elevation down the slope under the force of gravity such winds are sometimes called fall winds okay so I think that the pressure from a catapult, um, that would say that they were crushed by air pressure, which I'm going to say is complete bollocks. <laughs> it, might have been hard to, it might have been hard to breathe, but it was complete bollocks. Russia opened a new investigation into the incident in 2019, last year, Dunk. Why, why did they take so long? And its <laughs> And its conclusions were presented in July 2020 during the pandemic. Uh, that the cause of death was hypothermia due to a combination of an avalanche forcing the group to leave their camp and low visibility. Andrei Karyakov, deputy head of the regional prosecutor's office, said it was a heroic struggle. There was no panic, but they had no chance to save themselves under the circumstances. Wow. So they probably have the choice to sit there and die or at least move and die slowly and painfully. Yeah. A little bit quicker, maybe. So the the uh, the official cause of death from the recent uh, findings is is avalanche. Um, the original for, ex- for all of for all of them. Yeah, well, that's what that's what it's saying for all of them. It was just it was an avalanche. Only, only two of or sorry, only three of them were injured to a point where terminal death might very well have been. Yeah. Unbelievable. But These that eruptions, eh? <laughs> The original findings go on for like, I don't know, pages and pages, Dunk. I would have to read quite a, quite a lot to go into that. Um, there, I do want to... Hold on. I just want to do the military uh, theory, though. So okay. the military theory is just that... 
Speculation exists that the campsite fell within the path of a Soviet parachute mine exercise. This theory alleges that the hikers, woken by loud explosions, fled the tent in a shoeless panic and found themselves unable to return for supply retrieval. After some members froze to death attempting to endure the bombardment, others com- commandeered their clothing only to be fatally injured by subsequent parachute mine concussions. There are indeed records of parachute mines being tested by the Soviet military in the area around the time the hikers were there. Parachute mines would, would detonate while still in the air rather than upon striking the Earth's surface and produce signature injuries similar to those experienced by the hikers. Heavy internal damage with, with comparably less external trauma. That's interesting, isn't it? I mean, that is, and considering the time as well, it was the time of the Cold War. Yeah. So a lot of information about certain military activity was um, kept under wraps. Still hasn't been released today because, you know, the Cold War's over, but there's still a lot of tension between Russia and America. There is. From recent elections. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's it's, it is plausible. It is plausible. Um, certainly is a cause as to why they left their camp so quickly. Yeah, definitely. If you, if you hear explosions going off, you're not going to hang around. No, you're going to wake up, you're going to panic, you're going to shit the bread, and you're going you're gonna to run. And combine that with some poor weather. Yeah. And, and poor visibility. You might not find the camp where you originally were anyway. Or it might even be buried in the snow. And, um, yeah, you'll probably die. An interesting part, right? A similar theory alleges the testing of radio radiological weapons and is partly based on the discovery of radioactivity on some of the clothing, as well as the bodies being described by relatives as having orange skin and grey hair. However, radioactive dispersal would have affected all of the hikers and equipment instead of just some of it, and the skin and hair decoloration can be explained by a natural process of mummification after three months of exposure to the cold and winds. Wait, it took them. So you're saying it from when they left, it took them three months to find. Apparently, that's bonkers. Weren't they in the middle of nowhere though? I believe they were in like a you know like a part that isn't. I suppose that yeah, three months makes sense because they would have had to have waited for some snowmelt. Yeah. Otherwise, the bodies would have been packed up in snow anyway, and you wouldn't have been able to see them. Yeah, I don't think I don't think radioactivity is the answer to this. I mean, how do you feel about the uh, how do you feel about the di- the Dyatlov? <laughs> I can't even fucking say that word. The the Dyatlov uh, uh, pass incident, Dunk. Um, I feel that um, it was a combination of either natural causes or um, part of the Cold War warfare, and there was some casualties of war. Um, I also feel that Russia did a very poor job in. <laughs> getting to the bottom of it at a time. Um, Is this just because we've got no Russian listeners, Dunk? Are you just upset because we've got no Russian listeners? I mean, what an episode to tune in if this is your favorite <laughs> watcher. Um, if that's the case, drop us a tweet at Dunk the Monkfish or <laughs> at Hi, my name is Rich. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, it's just one of those things, isn't it? I, I love stories like this, Dunk. I just love a, I love a mystery, even though, like you said, there's logic to it that we've gone through today. Um, it's would, still yeah, a fascinating story. Hypothermia definitely happened, but whether or not it's entirely natural causes, I don't know. I think an avalanche might have been caused by these, uh, what did you call them? Um, sky mines or whatever. Yeah. 
parachute mines. Um, yeah, I, I think it was just rather, just very careless, to be honest. Careless of um, 